0: Back to Chasing Dramas. I am your host for today, Karen, and today I am presenting my review of Qing Qing Rishang or New Life Begins. This review is also up on our website at www.chasingdramas.com in written form. A friendly reminder that we have a couple of polls up on our website right now for what drama you think we should discuss next for our weekly podcast series and also share with us your favorite 2022 drama. If you have any feedback or comments on today's review, feel free to let me know on Instagram or Twitter or you can also comment on our website. I'm very interested to hear what people thought about this drama. Qing Qing Chang is a 40-episode drama that started airing initially on November 10th, 2022 on ITE. In a rare change for me, actually, my final rating for this drama ticked higher than my initial review, as I thought the drama's midpoint focus on women outshone most of my initial gripes with the main couple. My initial review was 6.9 out of 10, and my final review was 7.3 out of 10. New Life Begins, or Qing Zhu Chang, in my opinion, is a lighthearted but thought-provoking comedic period drama that shines in its depictions of female struggles and friendships, but does falter in contradicting messages for romantic couples. For this podcast episode, we'll go over some initial thoughts for the drama or an overview. I'll introduce the characters to the drama, the main characters, and then we'll go over the high-level plot overview and then sum up with what I liked about the drama and also what I didn't like. You have to commend Tintin Qing Zhu Chang because this is a drama that aired with little fanfare, but did quite well since. It reached over 9,000 on the ITE popularity index in its first 28 hours of airing. And then within seven days, the drama's popularity index topped 10,000, beating out the timeframe for love between fairy and devil to reach past 10,000. That speaks to the eyeballs and discussion this drama has received. The drama's true strength lies in the supporting cast, which is huge for this drama, because the wives or concubines of the princes of this drama come from regions all over the land, and we do get to visit many different locales that are reminiscent of different regions in China, and so it is actually quite a fun tour of the country. Well, not only that, but you get very distinct characters from this drama. You could consider that it's almost like the Hunger Games where people are characterized by the districts they come from, except for in this drama, luckily, there is no fight to the death. And because there are so many regions, the cast is quite large, and you'll recognize many of them from different dramas. And so when I go through my uh, character intro, it is quite long. In a refreshing change and something that I feel like should be continuing on for future dramas is that women in this drama support each other and work together, despite coming from different backgrounds and regions in the country. I find that extremely heartwarming and comforting to watch. They work to create change in a male-dominated world in Xinchuan. However, I will say that despite these uplifting moments between the women, the chemistry of the romantic relationships leave much to be desired, especially for the main couple. And because the drama starts with the main couple and ends with the main couple, I felt like their uh, lacking chemistry or maybe immature or inexperienced relationship prevented this drama from reaching its max potential. So with that, let me actually start off with the plot overview, and then I'll introduce the main cast. So this drama is set in a fictional world, and at the beginning of the drama, it is time for the once every three-year selection of women to be wives or concubines of the princes of Xinchuan. In total, there are 11 princes in Xinchuan, and for this round, the 5th, 6th, and 7th princes were up to select a wife. This practice was established to strengthen the ties between Xinchuan and the 9 different regions it rules, so the 9 other Chuan Li Wei from Jichuan arrives with the tributes from other regions. She meets up with her childhood friend Hao Jia from Yan as well as other women there who were tributes from all over the land. Each woman is there for a different reason. Li Wei, for example, doesn't want to marry and tries to show that she has no skills in order to be rejected. Hao Jia, on the other hand, has her eyes set on the second prince because she has heard of his power in court and she's looking for a boss to rely on to improve her status at home. On the prince's side, the first through fourth princes are all married. The second prince is the heir apparent as the eldest son of the queen and has an iron grip on court. Our main character, or main male character, is the sixth prince, Yin Zheng, who currently suffers from stomach illness but is extremely bright. He uses his illness to stay under the radar of his more menacing and authoritative second brother that would not hesitate to stamp him out if he dared to be too impressive. Despite hoping to avoid marriage in Xinchuan, Li Wei is selected to marry Yin Zheng as a concubine after a hilarious run-in with him in the kitchens while she was hoping to steal some food. Elsewhere, Shang Guan Jing is said to marry the fifth prince Yin Qi, Sisi marries the seventh prince Yin Jun, both as wives, and Hao Jia marries the second prince as a concubine. The drama revolves around the sisterhood the respective wives create and the businesses they build to establish their independence in the face of the archaic and male-dominated rules that Xinchuan enforces on its women. Meanwhile, the sixth prince, having now married, starts working towards his ambitions of enacting reform in Xinchuan, which includes creating night markets and moving towards a new currency. What is really interesting for this drama is that it is based off of a book set during the Kangxi era. And the sons were supposed to be the sons of Kangxi, which we all know were vying for the throne. The female lead for this book was actually supposed to have traveled back in time. Apparently, the drama is entirely different from the book. And I'm like, thank God, I did not need another rendition of a time traveling woman who goes during the uh, Kangxi era. We have too many dramas that were set during that time. So I'm very glad for the fictional world that we got instead. So let's talk about the characters a little bit more. Li Wei is played by Tian Wei. Like I mentioned, she is the tribute from Ti Chun. She has loving parents and an adorable younger brother who all want her to fail the selection process so she can return home with them. Unfortunately, their plans fall flat and Li Wei is sent to marry the sixth prince as a concubine. Li Wei doesn't have too many skills but is quite the foodie, though her kind-hearted nature brings much-needed warmth to the sixth prince's home. I thought Tansi Xiwei did a serviceable job in this role. She wasn't my favorite for the drama, but I thought she did a relatively good job uh, leading or headlining this drama. Yin Zheng, the Sixth Prince is played by Bai Jingping. The Sixth Prince recognizes the challenges of gaining his father's favor because he has so many brothers and is also wary of his second brother's authority. Yet, he wants to fight for more. He's incredibly bright and accomplished, which he hides uh, as he brings Lee Wei into his home to help secure his political future. But after spending time with Lee Wei, he begins to recognize that he enjoys her company and the relationships she's helped him build in his own family. The two blossom into a very loving relationship. Bai Ting has had a rock star year this year. He started off with Reset or Kaiduan that gained many eyeballs. And then with this drama, he has uh, went on to gain more popularity. I have only seen Bai Jingting, uh in his turn on Who's the Murderer or... Mingxing Da which is a reality TV show, I loved him in that uh series. He is fantastic. Um, really fun to see his growth over the last couple of years on that show. So I'm happy that he's done well here. Now the third party to this sixth princess household is Yuan Ying. She is played by Liu Lingzi. Yuan Ying is the business-oriented princess from jinchuan and Yuan Ying was ordered by her father, the head of Jinchuan or the region of Jin, to marry the sixth prince as his main wife. Yet Yuan Ying has absolutely no affections towards him. Instead, she helps train Li Wei to become an adequate partner to Yin Zheng, and she also helps Yin Zheng manage the household. She has high ambitions that are outside of the household, so she is like, nope. I don't want to be married to you. I want to leave after I help you settle your affairs. Next up, we move on to the second prince's household. First up are the women Hao Jia, played by Chen Xiaoyun. She is the childhood friend of Li Wei, and Hao Jia comes from Yanchuan. She becomes the concubine of the second prince. Though she is learned in various arts and crafts, her family upbringing was challenging, which turned her into a person who views marriage as a job. While she thought she was marrying someone who could take care of her, the reality is far from imagined. She is married to Yin Song, the second prince, played by Zhang Xiaochen, the son of the main wife the second prince is an abusive husband and a ruthless brother he treats his wife and concubine as objects and restricts them from partaking in many activities he is also terrified that one of his brothers will impact his current political standing and tries to destroy all obstacles in his path all you need to know about this guy is he is not good What is really funny is that in the uh, drama, everyone hated this character and they called him Zi Shu Jing, which means, uh, I guess, purple yam demon (laughs) because he likes to wear purple a lot. And luckily there were a lot of behind the scenes takes where the actor was very apologetic um, to to his wives um, for how he behaves in the drama. And so that really helped his character seem less uh, awful, because otherwise, everyone in the drama was like, the second prince, he's terrible. So many people were waiting for him to see his end. Now, the second prince's main wife is Zhao Zhu, played by Chen Zihan, whom I love because I've seen her in dramas growing up. She is from Daiquan, and her family owns a number of mines, and so she comes from a very powerful background. Zhao Fang Ru is outwardly cold, but at her core, she is a fantastic person. I love the depth in the character of Zhao Fang Ru. The monetary strength that she brings uh, to her marriage makes her a perfect match for the ambitious and conniving second prince. But uh, just given how warm hearted she is compared to him, makes it a very interesting change and dynamic. Next up, let's move on to the fifth prince's family. Shang Jing, played by Fan Ti, is the sister of the current ruler of Danchuan. Shang Guanjing is an independent and martial arts-oriented woman. She marries the fifth prince and becomes fast friends with Li Wei. Shang Guanjing enjoys practicing martial arts and caring for her weapons while not caring much for academics. She tries her best to adjust to life in Xinchuan despite coming from a place where women have more power than men, whereas Xinchuan is the exact opposite. Yin Qi, the fifth prince, is played by Chang Long. Physically weak and not a great student, the fifth prince makes up for these weaknesses by being a supportive brother to the sixth prince and an adoring partner to his wife, Shang Jing. He is without a doubt the comedic relief to the cast. If you watched uh, A Thousand Years for You or "Teen Jun, you will recognize Chang Long as um, Peng Dahai or um, the student to Yu Deng Deng, the main female lead in that drama. In both dramas, he is pretty much the comedic relief and that's okay. I personally really, really liked the fifth uh, prince couple the most in this drama. Lastly, let me introduce the main pair for the third prince. Dong Haitang, played by Liu Mengmeng, is the kind-hearted wife of the third prince. Haitang hails from Cangchuan, she is left to take care of these 16 women her husband roped into their household as concubines. But instead of being antagonistic, she creates a very friendly environment with all of the concubines because they actually all dislike the third prince and how he treats women. It's really funny because in this drama, everyone's like, oh, Dong Hai Tang has her harem of women rather than the fifth prince. This is also such a refreshing and unique Uh, family dynamic her husband is Yin An played by Liu Guanlin he is an extremely pompous man with a wife and 16 concubines whom he named after the Chinese solar terms the problem is apart from his wife he cannot tell his concubines apart he loves to consider himself one of the handsomest men in all of Xinchuan and believes all of his actions are correct when reality is quite the contrary. So there you have it. Those are the main couples for this drama. But of course, this is an extremely large cast. So we do also meet, for example, the seventh prince and his wife, the fourth prince and his wife, the first prince and his wife, etc. So what did I really like about this drama? Without a doubt, this drama shines in the sisterhood bond. The fundamental bright spots of this drama were the relationships between the women in Xinchuan who were forced to marry their respective husbands. Rather than fighting against each other, as we would have seen in many other dramas, they came together to support one another. Here are some of the most impactful examples. Number one is the sixth princess housewarming. When the second prince refused to attend Yin Zheng's housewarming party, this led to the rest of court refusing to attend as well. The whole point was to try to be a slap in the face for the sixth prince because the second prince did not want the sixth prince to usurp or gain any favor at court. But after all this preparation, you know who showed up to support Li Wei? It's all of the female friends she made at Xinchuan, who then included their husbands, aka the six princes' brothers. The most tear inducing attendee was Hao Jia, who knew she was going to be punished by the second prince, but she still snuck out to support her friend because she knew how important it was to be there for Li Wei. How many of you teared up when you saw Hao Jia arrive to support Li Wei? I know I certainly did. Another one of my favorite sisterhood moments is Yuan Ying's independence. Yuan Ying was forced to marry the Sixth Prince by Yuan Ying's father, the leader of Jinchuan, as uh, the Sixth Prince's main wife, despite Yin Zheng wanting to push Li Wei into the main wife role. When Yuan Ying was forced to be married over, Li Wei and Yin Zheng were already in love, and Yin Zheng really wanted to help Uh, push Li Wei to that main wife role. But when Yuan Ying showed up though, she immediately established that she did not want to get in between Li Wei and Yin Zheng's relationship. Instead, she was going to help him secure his foothold in court and help train Li Wei to become an adequate wife worthy of the main wife role. When the time came, she wanted to separate amicably so she can do her own thing. Yuan Ying is an extremely ambitious and capable woman who does not want to be kept in a household. And in any other drama, she would have fought Li Wei for Yin Zheng's affections and turned out to be a terrible person, which is why Yin Zheng was forced to divorce her, blah, blah, blah. But no, in this drama, she had absolutely no interest in Yin Zheng, and she only wanted to help him and Li Wei. Li Wei in turn showed kindness and caring for Yuan Ying which she lacked growing up as she constantly wanted to prove herself to be number one. What was really funny is that everyone uh, in the comments basically said that Yuan Ying's true love was Li Wei and in the middle of the drama it almost seemed that uh, the sixth prince Ying Zheng was superfluous like the main couple of this drama should have been uh, Li Wei and Yuan Ying because they were just so supportive of each other. And then the last relationship uh, or sisterhood bond that I will highlight is Zhao Fang and Hao Jia's understanding and support. So these two are married to the abusive second prince. They had the misfortune of being married to him. Zhao Fang Ru at first was incredibly prickly against Hao Jia, which is actually understandable. A younger woman here to spend time with her husband whom she desperately loved. But at seeing how Hao Jia was subsequently treated by the second prince and how defiantly Hao Jia responded to her shackles, like I just mentioned, Zhao Fangru's hardened outer shell softened. These two women came to an understanding that they were both struggling in this household. And Zhao Fangru became one of Hao Jia's best supporters and stood up for her when Hao Jia was giving birth, ultimately saving her life. This relationship was so impactful for me and I absolutely loved how they developed into a very caring relationship between these two. But beyond these sisterhood bonds, I do appreciate that this drama focused on women-specific struggles. The drama highlighted challenges women face day to day, which involves struggles of owning a business, challenges of being taken seriously by peers or older individuals. But one unique topic is actually postpartum depression, which I thought was a great ad and something that is not discussed in these types of comedic historical dramas at all. And of course, the second best thing about this drama really is its creative and immersive world. Each trend or region is unique and full of life. And because the wives are all from different regions of the country, we are introduced to different characteristics of those regions. They're reminiscent of the regions in China, but there are even more cultural differences. Danquan, for example, eats spicy, but there the women rule supreme while the men are relegated to the home. Completely different from what you have in Xinchuan. In Jichuan, the custom is to have only one husband and one wife. And most of the people are simple farming folks. In Jinchuan, it is extremely wealthy and glittering with gold due to port trading. It's fun as the drama does take you to different regions and locales in the drama, and you get to meet all different types of people, which makes Xinchuan the big melting pot of the country, and also actually one of the most conservative. And because of the different regions, each character has a unique trait. The cast of characters are quite different, not just because of their regional backgrounds. The princes themselves, for example, and their subsequent family members are all absolutely adorable. Well, almost all of them. And it makes this drama feel really alive and it helps you feel like you're actually part of the royal family or the overall world. I'm pretty sure so many people are like, ooh, I wanna to travel to um, Yanchuan or Dietron, et cetera, et cetera, because of how immersive this world is so those are the things that i really liked about this drama here's what i didn't like for me i feel like the drama didn't stick its landing for romantic relationships many of the couples in this drama do fall for the person they were quote unquote forced to marry this was the case for the sixth fifth seventh prince pairs and you can consider the fourth and the third prince families And that didn't sit entirely well with me, because you could argue then that these arranged marriages were good then, and some of the romantic moments did feel forced. This drama shines when the women and men focused on their struggles separately, rather than the episodes that highlighted the relationship struggles between um, each other, especially for the main couple. For Yin Zheng and Li Wei, I struggled to see why Yin Zheng is specifically set on Li Wei. It felt like the two of them fell in love because they were the first person the other met of the opposite gender and spent a ton of time together with. Li Wei has a few strengths of her own, but it felt like at her core, she was just being a decent human being and a kind person. Compared to Yuan Ying and many other capable women in the drama, she seems inexperienced. She made great gains throughout the drama by putting in hard work to learn uh, what she needed to do to become a proper wife, and I commend that. But she was still making extremely rudimentary mistakes near the end of the drama. This, in my opinion, was the writers lowering uh, her intelligence level to tug at heartstrings and add a little bit of drama to the show, but it really irked me. My thought is that. If Yuan Ying arrived first and was forced to marry Yin Zheng first rather than Li Wei or Yin Zheng was forced to marry any other woman that was ultimately just a decent human being, Yin Zheng probably would have had a great relationship with them as well because he's also just a nice person. In any case, the forced nature of the cuteness of their interactions at the beginning and the end of the drama were really what prevented this drama from being excellent because it just, like I said, felt forced. There were many comments um, for this drama where people were like, did this couple need to be there? Pretty much the sixth Prince seemed almost extra in um, the drama where Li Wei was going off running businesses and doing all these great things with her uh, girlfriends, which I tend to agree with. I, like I said, this drama shined in the sisterhood, not so much in the um, romantic relationships of the main couple. Some of the issues with the other romantic couples leads me to my last point. I wanna blare a huge spoiler warning here, so if you don't want the end of the drama spoiled for you, feel free to end the episode here. So for this drama, it was an immersive world, but I do think that it was almost too idealistic of a world. This could be a pro and a con, depending on who you are or how you want to view this drama. For me, I took this to be a slight con because I felt like the drama wrote such interesting storylines, but then also kind of ended a lot of them based on convenience, as in they didn't want to dive further into the challenges some of these uh, conversations or these events could have. Some of the major political reforms the drama highlighted hit minor road bumps when in reality, war was waged for far less. You can see the challenges um, that were portrayed by um, Kangxi si when he was trying to regulate the river in The Longest River. And that was like so much more challenging than what we saw here. To me, I felt like the... Uh, more nuanced and challenging conversations regarding reform and compatibility of relationships did not happen because the drama wanted to create a more fairy tale-like ending for the drama. And that makes me a little sad because there were so many extremely pointed and interesting topics that were raised for this drama. But I think there were just almost too many things stuffed into it that the drama wanted to create for an ideal world. This is probably just my perspective. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm just being too cynical. So let me know what you think. And that is it for my review of Chang or new life begins. It certainly surprised me a lot for how much um, I liked it, especially in the middle portion of the drama. I did not go in thinking that I would like this drama a whole lot, but it really opened my eyes as to what could be done for a group setting like cast. Um, the production quality I think was, you know, not the best, but not poor. Um, and overall I really enjoyed this drama. So I highly recommend checking it out and letting me know what you thought, if you agreed or disagreed with my overall comments here. Thank you all so much for listening and we will catch you in the next podcast episode.